church say amen. amen. Nothing like a talk with the one who can speak to the wind, who can command the waves. Peace. Be still. So, so good to be here this morning, to be looking out over such a wonderful audience of people. A group of people who I hope and pray have come with only one reason in mind. And that's to worship God in spirit and truth according to his word and according to his will. To those who are visiting with us, maybe this is your first time ever visiting not only with us, but maybe a Church of Christ congregation. But I want you to know you are our honored guests. You are special to us by being here today and we don't take it lightly and we thank you so much for choosing the uh, Locust Grove Church of Christ to worship at this morning and to worship with us among the saints of God and we hope and pray that something will be said from God's word that will challenge you and your spiritual journey that you can open up your Bible one thing we always encourage people, say, don't just take what the preachers say. Amen. Open your Bible and read it for yourself. Amen. Study to show yourself approved Amen. unto God. Yeah. Rightly dividing the word of truth. So it, it, I have a responsibility as I stand before you today to speak as the oracles of God. 1 yeah. Peter 4 and 11. Yeah. But you have a responsibility to search the scriptures also to be like the Bereans and search the scriptures daily to see if the things that you hear today as well as other literature you may receive today to see if they are true why is that so important because the Bible warns us it teaches us that first Peter 4 I'm, I'm sorry first John 4 that the Bible said, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirit. Meaning, test it. Put it to the test. Well, what test? See if it correlates. See if it is in order or if it is abiding according to what you read in the Bible. See, there are a lot of men who got a lot of gab. They talk a lot of talk. And some of that talk even sound good. But everything that sounds good isn't true. And everything that may sound good may not be according to the will of God. So you have to try the spirit to see if it is of God. Why? Because many false prophets have gone out into this world. That's what the Bible says, folks. So your soul is so important. Yeah. It is so important that God said, don't just take anything that comes along. Don't just jump up and believe it and run with it. Try it. Test it. Put it to the test. I remember, you, and you know what I'm talking about, when you met your honey, your sweetie, and maybe who you thought was your sweetie and your honey. You know, they, you put them to the test. How do I know you ain't lying to me? You put them to the test. They took you out to eat. They wine you and dine you and they, they have to step up their game. That's right. Well, guess what? Your soul is more important than that. That's 
Because your soul is going to spend eternity somewhere. So you need to make sure it's where God would have you to be if you're looking for an eternal resting place. Amen. Amen. So again, thank you so much for being here today. And we hope and pray you will gain some spiritual knowledge from the word of God. And that it will cause you to be glad you came by the Locust Grove Church of Christ. Today we want to deal with a subject, the blood. Where did Jesus put his blood? That's an important question, folks, because it's the blood that has the cleansing power. Without the blood, we have not the forgiveness of sin. Without the blood, we cannot be saved. So it would be so devastating to live a life and to die thinking you came in contact with the blood, but only to find out you did not. Where did Jesus put his blood? The blood that stained that old rugged cross was the most precious liquid ever found on planet Earth. 1 Peter 1 and 19. When you think about the word concentrated today, when buying detergent, cleaners, or etc., you are reminded that you do not have to use as much because of the concentrated formula. Now just imagine how small amount was shed on that cross, but its power has stretched, and it's still stretching throughout time. Cleansing and remitting the sins of men even today. The blood of Jesus Christ, it will never lose its power. Even though it was only shed from one man. Oh, it's ever so powerful. It's ever so concentrated that it's still doing the job today of remitting sin. Just where did Jesus put his blood? That's a good question. And feel free to take notes. Feel free. If you want a copy of this PowerPoint lesson, I'll be more than happy to email it to you because I want you to understand and know where Jesus put his blood. Because if you're not in contact with the blood, it's impossible for you to be saved. He put the blood, a blood-drenched cross. The truth be told Christianity began with a bloodstained cross by divine design. Yeah. With all its animal sacrifices, Judaism was a very bloody religion. Countless of animals were sacrificed over the 1500 year period, uh, priesthood period. But it is amazing not a drop of it, nor all of it combined ever provided the remission of a single sin. For it is not the for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Hebrews 10 and 4. Christ put his blood on the cross which made salvation possible for you and for me. All of those bloody animals, those bloody sacrifices and all of that stuff Back under the Old Testament, it never remitted one sin. It rolled them back. 
but it never remitted and it never was able to do what the blood of Jesus came about and was able to do. The blood of Jesus has been busy since the time it was shed. We were bought with his blood. Acts 20 and 28. We are forgiven through uh, the blood, uh, uh, through his blood. Romans 3.25. We are justified by his blood. Romans 5 and 9. We have redemption through his blood. Ephesians 1 and 7. Peace was made through his blood. Ephesians 2, 12 through 14. We are cleansed. Oh, that's important there. We are cleansed by his blood. Hebrews 9 and 14. Why is that so important? Because sin and God does not cohabitate together. How do I know that? Because God had to depart from the scene even when his only begotten son bore the sins of mankind on his shoulder on the cross. God cannot dwell where sin is. So therefore, through the blood of Jesus, we are cleansed by his blood, Hebrews 9 through 14. Therefore, we could be reconciled back unto him. We are sanctified by his blood, Hebrews 13, 11 through 12. We are purified from all sin through his blood. 1 John 1 and 7. We overcome Satan through his blood. Revelation 12 and 11. I know these are a lot of passages, but it's the Bible. The blood has been busy ever since Jesus hung on that cross and that spear was pushed into his side. The blood has been busy and thank God for the blood. Where did Jesus put his blood is placed in a blood-stained book. Yeah, yeah. The Bible, as we call it, has bloodstains on it. Jesus explained, for this is my blood of the New Testament, yeah. which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Yeah. Matthew 26 and 28, Hebrews 9 and 20. Both old, both the Old and New Testaments were dedicated with blood, but only the blood of Jesus could complete the mission totally. Right. Under the old, you had the blood of animal sacrifices. Yeah. <coughs> Am I right? right? But they could not remit sin. There was no forgiveness of sin through those animal sacrifices. That's why when you hear people today talking about living under the old covenant, uh, doing all these things under the old law, they don't, they don't understand what they're saying. They don't understand what they're saying because if you were living under the old covenant, you have no remission of sin. And the Bible said the wages of sin is death. It said life come through the gift of Christ. But the gift of life is through Christ. By God giving the sacrifice of all sacrifices. And that was his only begotten son. So why would you want to hang over there under the old covenant when there's no forgiveness of sin? As much sin as some of us do. Why would you want to hang somewhere you can't get rid of it? Oh, come on, talk to me, church. The Bible, both the Old and New Testaments were dedicated with blood, 
But only the blood of Jesus could complete the mission totally. When Moses has spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats and sprinkled both book and all the people. Hebrews 9 and 19. Jesus' blood is called the blood of the covenant. Hebrews 10, 29. The covenant by which we live under. The new covenant. Not the covenant Moses served under and lived under. But the new covenant where there is forgiveness of sin. Christ put his blood on the New Testament to make salvation knowable. You can know that you are saved. Amen. You don't have to guess about it. You don't have to hope about it. You can know. Amen. Make your calling and election sure. How can I make it sure? Through the blood of Jesus. Amen. Through the blood. Yeah. Where did Jesus put his blood? In the blood tangled water. The blood of Jesus Christ cleansed. It cleanses. But how, how does it cleanse you, you might ask? We do not have the literal blood here. And even if we did, we could not apply it to our souls. So often in many discussions, this is why a lot of people try to play off and play off the importance of baptism. People don't believe the necessity of the blood. Right. You see, you don't come in contact with the blood through just praying. That's right. That's right. Oh, I'm going to back it up. Book, chapter, and verse. I'm going to back it up. If the blood is so important as we see, how do you come in contact with it? I'm glad you asked. God applies the blood of his son to the sin of our souls in the operating room of the great physician. Listen to what Paul wrote. Bear it with him in baptism. Not in prayer. Bear it with him in baptism. Wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who raised, who had raised him from the dead, Colossians 2 and 12, and listen, one who submits to baptism is washed from his or her sins by Christ's blood. Man. Acts 22 and 16, Paul was commanded, arise and be baptized. He was praying, but praying wasn't enough. Right so he was instructed to arise yeah. and be baptized. Calling on the name of, well, arise and be baptized. Then calling on the name of the Lord. See the calling came after being cleansed. It's it's as simple as somebody moving out of an apartment. The next tenants don't just move up in there as soon as they move out. They rehab that apartment. They clean the carpet. They paint. They they, they sterilize the place and get it all ready for the new tenants. You know what? The Holy Spirit don't just move into anybody's lives. There must be some rehabbing. There must be some cleansing. Some cleaning done. And guess what? That cleansing power takes place through the operation 
of baptism. See, many are led to believe once I believe in God, once I call on the name of Jesus, I'm saved already. That's not what the Bible teach. That is not what the Bible teach. We have too many examples. Acts 2.38 is a simple. What we just read right here. We are buried with him in baptism. During that burial, that spiritual process, that spiritual operation, that's where we come in contact with the blood. Just as Jesus, guess what? He was crucified. Not because he sinned, but he was crucified to bear the sins of men. He was buried just as we are buried in baptism. And just like we bury you in baptism, we don't hold you under the water and leave you there. We bring you up just as Jesus got up on the third day. How did he get up? He got up with all power. All power. How do we come up out of the water? A new creature, as Paul said. A new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. It's simple, folks. If God's will, which it is, 2 Peter 3 and 9, is that all men be saved, why would he make it complicated? God's desire is that all men be saved. Well, why would he complicate the process and cause people to have to struggle to understand? It's not a struggle to understand. The struggle is you laying aside your pride and accepting what the book says. So, one who submits to baptism (coughs) is washed from his or her sins by Christ's blood, Acts 22 and 16, Revelation 1 and 5. So, we need to understand baptism is essential. Regardless of what some may say. We are baptized into his death. Romans 6, 3 and 4. John 19 and 34. Which means it is there we receive the benefits of his blood, of his blood sacrifice. Acts 2, 38. That the question was asked in Acts 2 and 37. Men and brethren, what shall we do when Peter preached that gospel sermon on the day of Pentecost? The question was asked, what shall we do? They didn't want the charge against them that they had crucified the Son of God. They had crucified and put to death an innocent man, a man approved of God, by God. So they asked the question, how do we get out of this dilemma to not have this charge brought against us? The answer was given in Acts 2.38. The answer was, repent. And be what? Every one of you. Every one of you. It didn't say, pray. It said, repent. Turn away from your old way of believing. Turn away from your old way of practicing. Turn away from that which has led you astray. Repent. Come and follow that which is true. What is truth? Pilate asked that question. What is truth? But the answer is very simple in John 17. That word is truth. So it's not difficult folks. You want to know the truth? Go to the word of God. Not to man. Go to the word of God. 
And the word of God will lead you in the truth. And no other way can it be contacted. We agree. Nobody's going to argue with you about, oh, the blood is powerful. The blood is ever cleansing. The blood is very significant. Well, if you believe that, if you understand that, you should be mindful to make sure you have contacted it. Because it's not going to do you any good to believe that, but not to have followed through and done what is necessary to have contacted the blood. The waters of baptism are blood-tinged, and that is where God keeps his son blood ready for the next sinner. Christ put his blood in the water to make salvation accessible. So for one to say baptism is not essential, you're saved and you can choose to be baptized, my question would be, who gave the option? If a man is going to preach or teach and say baptism is not essential, why did Jesus command it? Mark 16, 16. Jesus said what? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Now those are the words of Jesus. Now, nowhere you're going to find where the sinner's prayer was ever authorized, stamped, approved by God, by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. Nobody. Well, how can you substitute what Jesus has commanded by doing something that is not even found in the word of God? The last time I read Matthew 28, In 18, Jesus declared all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Last time I read, Jesus went unto the mountain and he was transfigured. And a voice resounded saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. My question Who authorized man to teach that salvation can be obtained any other method other than through the method that has been given by Jesus? Outside of baptism, there's no possibility you contacted the blood because the blood is in the burial. The blood is in the burial. It's in the water, folks, and you can't get around that. A blood-smeared doorpost. That's where Jesus put the blood. When God delivered the Israelites from Egyptian bondage, he required them to kill a lamb of the sheep or of the goats and put the blood upon the side posts and upper posts of their houses. Otherwise, death would invade their homes. We we know that story, don't we? We know that story. Israel was protected by the blood when God passed through Egypt that night. Exodus 12, 7 and verse 12 also. Jesus, the Lamb of God, purchased the church with his own blood. That's what Acts 20 and 28 says. 
See, that's why I have a problem with men who say that their church belong to Christ, but they're running it outside of the rules of the owner. I live at 300 Shelley Lane. I don't mind inviting you over, but you ain't going to come up in my house and tell me how to run it. Because just like I invited you in, I'll first ask you to leave. And I might ask you a second time. And see, by then, I'm, I'm, I'm dialing the second one. After 9-1. See, y'all thought I was going to fight with somebody. I don't fight, folks. Too old to fight. That's why we're blessed with law enforcement. You can't come up into some other man's institution and change the rules. If Christ purchased the church with his own blood, it has to be regulated and operated according to the owner. Unless you don't declare it Christ's church. In a figurative, in a figurative way of uh, speaking, you could say that his blood is smeared on the doorposts of the church. That those who enter in might be spared eternal damnation. So in other words, outside of the church, there's no hope. Let's go back to Noah days. Outside of the ark, everybody perish. Outside of the church that Jesus purchased with his own blood that he laid down his life for. Yeah. Ephesians 5 says he's the head of it and the savior of the body. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of it, there is no hope. Amen. There's only death lingering outside of the church. Amen. We must remember there is another day coming when the messenger of vengeance will come, taking vengeance upon those who are not in the safety of the house of God. Amen. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9. Yeah. Jesus coming back with his angels, flaming fire, taking vengeance upon those who know not God and who have not obeyed the gospel. Amen. So where should you be? You should be where Jesus put the blood. Amen. If you want to be saved. Amen. Those redeemed by the blood of Christ compose the church of Christ. Yeah. He is the savior of the body. Ephesians 5.23. Yeah. Colossians 1.18. The yeah. body and the church are the same. Amen. He is the head of the body. The church. Colossians 1.18 substantiates and saying the same thing. As far as Ephesians 5.23, you're talking about the body, you're talking about the church. You're talking about the church, you're talking about the body. Amen. And he has preeminence over all. For he loved the church and gave himself for it. Ephesians 5 and 25. Christ put his blood on the doorposts of the church to make salvation vocational. That we can we 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 can locate it, locatable. That's why we, as members of the Church of Christ, we 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 emphasize book, 
chapter, verse. Yeah. Book, chapter, verse. Yeah. Anything outside of book, chapter, verse, you need to leave alone. You need to run from it. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. But people get upset because they want to worship God the way they feel. They want to worship God depending on what makes them feel good. Worshiping God is not about you. Worshiping God is about giving Him the adoration. Amen. Giving Him the glory. Amen. And who would know better how to be worshipped than God Himself? That's right. That's right. That's why we read in John 4.24 God is a spirit. Yeah. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen. So how is that done? By sticking with the truth. That's right. By humbling yourself, by removing yourself out of the way. Yeah. And abiding in accordance to what the Bible says. And you know what? That's a whole nother lesson. Yeah. You deal with the instruments. Well, how come we can't have instruments? God give people talents. God give people, God give people talents to do a lot of things. But that don't mean you come up in the worship and do it. Amen. God bless Brother Reggie to be a, a mechanic. Yeah. You don't pull a bus or a truck up in the middle of worship <laughs> and drop the transmission or change the oil. Or oh, you just being funny. No, I'm not being funny. God gives some people they bless their talents of cooking. Yeah. You don't turn the Lord's Supper into a meal. The talents are to be utilized to glorify God in accordance to how he instructs us to do it. Amen. Yes, sir. Communion. Men took it upon themselves. The Bible clearly outlines upon the first day of the week. That's why you have that inscription right there in the front. This do what? And remember to me. The Bible clearly outlined Jesus instituted it. The apostles taught it. Yeah. The Spirit instructed the apostles and the apostles went on to teach the other disciples. Amen. First Corinthians 11. Paul says, guess what? For I have received of the Lord and this I'm going to remind you. Guess what? Upon the first day of the week. Yeah. First day of the week. Yeah. Which is today. That's right. We understand that. You know how I know we understand that? Because the same context of using the first day of the week is used to collect money. That's right. That's right. That's right. Now, some won't give you communion every Sunday, but they'll take your money every Sunday. Come on now. Come on now. Now, where do you bring the difference? Well, we don't take communion every Sunday because. We don't want to. But God's word instructs us to. Amen. So whose church are you a member of? Come on now. Christ's church that he purchased with his own blood? Or some man's church? Come on now. See, here's the difference. Christ's coming back for his. Yes, sir. He's not coming back for some other man's church. 
So we have to put things in perspective. Yeah. If the scripture commands for us to observe the Lord's Supper every first day of the week, we should observe it every first day of the week. Amen. Amen. If the scripture says that we should sing, not play, sing. Yeah. Not play, sing. Right. Yeah. Ephesians 5.19, Colossians 3.16. If the scriptures say, remember, we're under the blood that was shed for the New, new Testament. Testament. Amen. Not the old. Amen. The New Testament. Yeah. The old did not bring us relief. Right. The new did. Amen. So don't go running over there talking about how David did this. That's right. Come on now. How they shook the tambourine. Uh, how they played the harp and all that stuff. They did it in the time that it was acceptable. Right. Yeah. But we're not under that covenant anymore. Amen. <laughs> well, what do I do? You do what the scriptures say. Yeah. You say, you sing. Right. You heard the singing this morning. Yeah. Folks said, well, it's just something about those instruments that stirred me up. See, that's about you. That's right. The focus has been taken off God on and pleasing and glorifying God to shift in to please you. That's right. That's right. We're not here to please you. Amen. We're here to worship God. Amen. Amen. And we say, we pray that our worship has been has been found acceptable and pleasing in His sight. But the only way that could be accepted in that fashion, we have to do it according to the truth. That's right. Amen. And if I'm not doing it according to truth, what do you think God would have to say about it? I know I'm covering a lot of stuff, folks, but it's the truth. Right. A blood-like uh, cup. Where did Jesus put his blood in a blood-like cup? Before his arrest, Jesus instituted his supper. During the last Passover feast, Luke yeah. 22, 7 through 19, yeah. Luke wrote, likewise also the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. Yeah. Not old, which is shed for you. Yeah. Luke 22 and 20. Paul stated that the cup of the blessing, the cup of blessing is the communion of the blood of Christ. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 10 and 16. Also chapter 11 and 25. You notice what Paul says? Come on now. You notice what Paul said? You notice what Jesus said? Yeah. Jesus instituted it. That's right. Now it's up to us to be faithful and truthful and act accordingly and following out according to the blueprint. Man. Paul stated that the cup of blessing is the communion of the blood of Christ. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 10, 16, 11 and 25. How can I do that in an acceptable fashion if it's not done in accordance with the truth? Christ put his blood in the Lord's Supper to make salvation appreciable. Right now. That's why we observe it every first day of the week. Because guess what? He wants us to remember his suffering, yeah. his death, yeah. his burial, yeah. his resurrection. He wants yeah. us to always keep that fresh in the forefront of our mind. As a Christian, why would I want to only do that once a month, on, once man. a quarter, once a year? Yeah. 
Why not every first day of the week? Amen. Some said, well, the Bible said as often. Well, as often as the first day of the week roll around. That's it. I'll tell you what. I haven't seen it. I've never seen it. I've never seen a preacher tell his congregation, we're only going to take your money. But only once a month. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Now, the first day of the week means every Sunday to take your money. Why doesn't it mean the same thing the first day of the week for me? Amen. Amen. And as significant as this. That's right. Man, you should be raising a fuss about that. Yeah. Yeah. A blood covered prayer. Where did Jesus put his blood? In a blood covered prayer. Jesus prayed once and his prayer was so intense, his sweat drops were compared to blood. Yeah. Luke writes, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Yeah. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood. Yeah. Falling down from the ground. Luke 22 and 44. Today he puts blood into our prayers. John wrote, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. That's the Bible, folks. Amen. That's the Bible. That's why the blood is so important. Yeah. That's why you need to make sure you have contacted the blood. Amen. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins yeah. and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How does that come about? Through the blood. Amen. Through the blood. Amen. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. 1 John 1, and 7 through 10. Remember, not only does the blood of the cross save, it also sustains and reconciles. Yeah. Colossians 1, 20 and 23, 1 Timothy 4 and 16. That's the Bible! Amen. Christ put his blood in prayer to make salvation sustained. Amen. How can you call yourself a disciple of Christ, but yet you have not contacted the blood? How can you become a Christian, but yet you have never contacted the blood? Jesus said in John 8 to those Jews, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. Yes, sir. And later on, the Bible said that the disciples were first called Christians. Where? At Antioch. But who was first called Christians? The disciples, those that abided in accordance to the word. Yeah. It then said he changed the word. That's right. They adhered to the teaching. Mm -hmm. They were disciples. Yeah. And they were called Christians at Antioch. Mm -hmm. So are you really a Christian today? By whose definition? Right. See, that's the important thing. By whose definition? 
Yeah. That same man who said, you're going to pray this prayer and be saved? That Jesus then authorized? Are you a Christian by the definition of that man who refused to allow you to take communion every first day of the week? This is a memorial that we should really, really pay attention to and give our most earnest attention to, but yet he denied you to take it every first day of the week. But you're still a Christian? No, Christians observe. Man, Christians obey. Amen. A blood sprinkled conscience. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Hebrews 9 and 14. When we accept and obey the gospel invitation, we are sprinkled with its blood. According to 1 Peter 1 and 2. <clears throat> Elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. We need to be ever mindful of the blood of Jesus Christ. We must not allow our conscience to become hardened or our influence compromise. In other words, when I hear the truth and I know I'm not abiding in it, I need to take the necessary steps to correct it. Amen. Just like if you walked in here today and you say, I haven't been baptized for the remission of my sin, but you say, I'm a Christian. But the Bible proves different. The Bible says, unless you came in contact with the blood through baptism, through immersion, unless you are buried with Christ. Galatians 3.27 said, For many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Amen. They're all the way. You could be declared a Christian. You have to do the things that the Lord has commanded in order to become one. Amen. Notice that the Hebrew writer states of how much sore punishment. Suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who had trodden under the foot the Son of God and had counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and had done despite unto the Spirit of grace. You can't say I love him. You can't say he's my Savior. You can't say he's my Lord. But you won't do the things that he said. Amen. Christ put his blood on our conscience to make salvation and joy. So I submit to you today. I submit to you today. I put you on the witness stand. I put you on the witness stand today. And I ask you a simple question. Prove your salvation. Book, chapter, verse. Amen. Prove your salvation. Yeah. You don't have to put me on the stand. I give you book, chapter, and verse. I ask you today, you're on the stand. <coughs> if I may consult God and say and ask the question, can I treat you as a hostile witness? I ask you, do as the word of God says, prove all things. 
Man. Hold fast that which is good. Yes, sir. I ask you today, yes, prove your salvation. Yeah. Is it of man or is it of God? Right now. If it's of man, you have no hope of being saved. That's right. right. But if it's of God, you can know because yeah. you can open the book and know what you have done is according to what is written. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Yes, and it's proper for doctrine, for instruction, correction, instruction. You know, it, it, it has everything outlined for us to be perfect. Right. That the man of God may be presented unto God in a perfect way. Yeah. You said, how can I be presented in a perfect way? Because the blood is a Yes, yes, sir. But if you haven't come in contact with the blood, tide ain't going to do it for you. Amen. Gain ain't going to do it for you. Amen. Purates won't get it done. Clorox, you add all the Clorox you want. Clorox ain't going to get the stains out. Yes, you need the blood of Jesus. Amen. And I submit to you today, prove it. Yeah. Prove it. My prayer at the beginning of this lesson was that your conscience, that your mind be challenged. Yeah. That if you read something or hear something, and you say, whoa, that ain't, that ain't what I do. That ain't what I do at my church. My question is, why not? Right now. Why aren't you taking communion every first day of the week? No. That's what the Bible commands. Man. Why do you have a mechanical instruments instead of just singing? Right now. You got to remember the instrument of the voice was here long before any of this other stuff. Amen. And whether you believe it or not, instruments are pitched from the voice. Yeah. Instruments are tuned by the voice. Yeah. The voice ain't tuned by the instruments. That's right. That's right. The greatest instrument ever known to man, God gave it to Yes, sir. The walls. Yes, sir. And God declares that with the fruit of our lips yeah. that we get our praise on, that yeah. we praise Him. Because, see, when the bass stops pumping, you stop jumping. Right. When the tambourine stops shaking, you stop shaking. Right. When the drum stops beating, you stop dancing. Right. But see, when you sing, making a melody in your heart unto the Lord, yeah. when you sing from the heart, when you sing from this, yeah. it ain't contingent upon the drummer not beating, the bass player not thumping, the horn player blowing. This is the true spiritual connection <coughs> in spirit and truth. You don't need that to worship God. That's right. Now you can enjoy it and listen to it all you want to in your house. Right. But when we come here, yeah. 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 it's God's way for us. It's God's way. Yeah. I submit to you and I submit unto God. I rest my hands. And my prayer this morning is yeah. you will humble yourself. Yeah. And you will call out and do what is necessary to come in contact with the blood today. Because without the blood, there's no way.
the desire to become a Christian today. You desire to become a Christian according to what the Bible says, how to become a Christian. You could be baptized today. We don't have a certain Sunday. We don't have a certain day. We baptize 24-7. 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the evening. It don't matter. Because the day you hear his voice, you know what? The Bible says, harden not your heart. Because you don't know where death is. You don't know. So how can a man tell you to wait, even if they practice baptism outside of the false teaching of being saved before? What authority, who gave some man authority to put it on hold and tell a person to wait? I'm just saying, folks, search the scriptures. They're true. In them you will find life. What's our song? 194 is our invitation song. What we mean by that? We're going to stand in a moment. We're going to sing. If you desire to become a Christian according to how the Bible outlines you to become a Christian. We'll ask that you walk up to the front, have a seat on the front row, and we'll instruct you from that point. We'll ask you to fill out a card, and then later I'm going to ask you, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Upon your answer of affirmative, we'll baptize you today. That's the Bible, folks. That's the Bible. Why wait? Well, I need to go back and, and look at this. Let me tell you. You can go back and look at it all you want to. None of these scriptures are going to change. But I tell you this one thing. You mess around and die before it's too late. These same words are going to show up at the judgment. John 12, 48. And the same issues about baptism are going to be there. Why didn't you get baptized? Because it is the place where we meet and contact the blood. Let us together stand and let us sing. Come from the Lord.